This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, good morning, everyone. GTC, back to our normal uh, normal positions, gentlemen. Everybody back to their normal chairs, please, uh, and please put on your seatbelts. We still have a rough ride to go because we've got to hand out $15 million to somebody in the next four weeks. There's lots to get to. Zacchino back in the chair, Weeksy Scully, everybody on board. And first off, right off the top, I just want to thank Bob and Adam for having my back covered for the last couple of weeks because it's not like they weren't affected by the Olympics either. As you gentlemen were efforting multiple duties at wee hours of the morning as myself and Bob, uh, I'm still a little disheveled. Now, it doesn't take much to dishevel me these days, so let's let's start there. But, <laughs> I mean, are, are, I'm totally done with, like, I don't need any more 4 a.m. golf for a long no. time. No, that's right. Actually, I've, I kind of laughed when I reached out. I put a tweet out that said, uh, how about a gold medal playoff? And you responded. And the CBC crew was sort of saying no. Yeah, it's a, it was a long week. Uh, and you had to be in a studio and, uh, and at least camera ready. I, uh, I just had to lie on my couch and type out a story afterwards. But yeah, it's a long week, but it was a good week. Good two weeks, really. Yeah, it was, um, I it thought was... I thought the the golf was uh, really entertaining. Uh, there were some great stories that came out from from both events. And um, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later in the show, but it's uh, overall, you know, I think the Olympics was a positive experience. All right. So bef- bef- I know we're going to break down uh, the, the, the women's uh, event in, in hour one, uh, which had some really cool stuff. Um, but but as a whole, Bob, before we get into news and headlines today, oh, by the way, we got a busy show today. Um, we're going to get into the WGC. We got a new winner on the PGA Tour, Abraham Answer. Uh, we're going to talk Women's Olympics. John McCarthy, Chasing the Sun, uh, is by this week as well. John, Adam is obviously here with us. Scully for Winners Weird and What. So we've got a busy show. But general overall feeling of the Olympics, Bob, what are the wins for you? And and what are, what are the changes? Because for me, I almost feel like the changes are the same. I'd like to see the golf condensed. I don't need eight days of Olympic golf. I'd like to see the men and the women together. I'd like to see a team component. Uh, those are still the things I'd like to see. Cup half full for me, amazing finishes, tremendous golf in both the men's and women's, the quality of the golf, the quality of the finishes, all that was fantastic. So that's where I'm at on this. Where are you, and have, has anything changed in your mind heading into this and now coming out of this? Uh, I think overall, as I said you know, it's a big win. I think the things that struck me were the seven-way playoff for bronze and how much those guys cared. You know, Rory's comment about I've never played so hard for a third-place finish in my career. Uh, I thought it wasn't. Qu- I thought it would be a little bit more exciting the silver bronze medal playoff in the women's, but I didn't really think it was all that exciting. I think um, I think you wanted a lot of converts on the men's side, especially. So when you when you look at some of the comments from guys like Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, who were you know, they were kind of on the edge going in, and I think they've sort of become full-blown converts now. And, and I, I've said this on this show a number of times before. If you've never been to an Olympics, it's really hard to kind of understand the scope of how big it is. And I think once you get in there, it's a little easier. Now, I think 
I think the golf was, you know, the fact there were no fans there really, the fact that there was golf was kind of removed from um, the rest of the events. It wasn't like, you know, you could walk over to the swimming pool and then walk over to the golf course or the track field or something. Was It felt a little separated to me from the other events maybe. Um, but I think the golf course was, was pretty decent. I thought uh, it tested them, especially that, that uh, Zoysia Rough. And, and I think, um, you know, I didn't understand this, but I, I've learned it during the process, was that they, the IOC wanted four rounds of stroke play. And they said, give us a couple of, of Olympics at that, and then we'll see what happens. So there is the possibility moving ahead uh, that you could find a, a, another format. Whether you add to it, which what I think would be better, like have a third format where it might be different, where it's just maybe it's just amateurs or, you know, I, and I keep using this example, but what curling did was create mixed doubles which addressed all the problems with curling it takes too long uh, it requires too many people and so now maybe golf has a chance to sit back and say okay what are the issues with golf it takes too long it's slow it's uh takes up a lot of ground maybe there's a, a a total new kind of game of golf that might be considered wacky to traditionalists but if you're trying to grow the game might be kind of cool i don't know so there's there's some i think wrapping that up i think there's a lot of opportunities going ahead because this was, I think, a success. Well, I would love the idea of what you're suggesting, Bob, some kind of hybrid mix thing that we look forward to every four years because it's the only place we get it. You know what I mean? It's like, that's Olympic golf. It's different, and it's okay that it's different. It happens every four years, and um, I'm with you 100%. Okay, uh, we're, we are already running late, so let's hit it now, guys, with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one all right boys new pga tour schedule was released uh i guess the big changes bob we've got a scottish open that is going to lead into the open championship that's going to be uh both an official pga tour event and european tour event the northern trust is no longer the opening event of the playoffs where the fedex st jude classic now kicks off the three series fedex cup playoffs so we stay at three but that Northern Trust in New York is is no longer. Um, anything else jump out at you at the schedule here? Uh, dropping the number of WGCs from three to two, I yeah. think, is big. Um, I think that is a something that really caught my eye at the same time as you have a press conference with uh, with Keith Pelly and and Jay Monahan. And I'm thinking that maybe, you know, this, this little uh, union that they've put together now where they've co-sanctioned a couple of events, the Barracuda um, yep. and, and the Scottish Open are kind of both, well, you can get points on both tours. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if this is kind of the next step in towards of a little bit of a tighter integration down the road. Uh, so that kind of caught my eye. Question for you. Why not the Scottish Open as a WGC event? Like, to me, that made total sense. It's like the biggest complaint of the WGCs typically over the years, with the exception of the ones they ram in the fall that no one watches over in Asia, because it's not meant for a North American audience, those ones. Uh, why not a WGC event as the Scottish Open, recognized by both tours leading into the Open Championship? To me, that kind of seemed like a no-brainer almost. Yeah, except the WGCs, don't forget, don't have a have a limited field. So uh, I think yeah. the Scottish Open, you might want, as I understand it, you got uh, 70 PGA Tour spots and 70 um, Euro Tour spots. Right. So you might want to get as many people as you can in there. So I think, but you, but I think you're what you're saying is essentially kind of the same thing that I was saying is let's let's integrate these tours a little more 
and have more bigger events for for players. But it would have made it. I mean, it would have been great to have a WGC into the Open Championship. I like that part of it. Uh, Bob, we lost. Uh, we being Canada lost a very iconic figure this week. In, uh, and you, I wrote, I read your article, and you had a nice note about uh, Jocelyn Bourassa at age seventy four, who we lost. Who she reached out to you very early in your career, and it's rare sometimes. When we talk about uh, iconic figures in the game, especially in this country, where uh, the the playing record, what they did as a player, was either equaled or, or even potentially even greater what they did as a builder. And I think that's fair this time around. It is. I mean, I think Jocelyn just gave her whole career to golf, both on the course and off. She was a great, great amateur player. She, she came up at the same time as Sandra Post, and they kind of battled in. Uh, Canadian Juniors and Canadian Amateur Championships. Uh, Jocelyn won two Canadian Ams. I think she won five Quebec Ams, uh, a couple of Quebec Juniors. She turned pro, almost won in her first year. She was the Rookie of the Year in the LPGA Tour. And um, then she won this event, which was basically created for her by a, a guy named Jean-Louis Levesque, who was a big businessman in Quebec. And she was a huge star in Quebec in her in her early days as a golfer. So they decided, you know what, we're going to have our own event here. And and she beat uh, Judy Rankin and Sandra Haney, two Hall of Famers, in the final in a playoff to win this event. Uh, and I've been told, I was obviously wasn't there, but I was told by some people that there were no gallery ropes and it was just kind of like a swarm like you used to see in the <laughs> 30s at the Open Championship after she won. And and after that, not long after that, you know, she, um, I mean, that tournament became the CP Women's Open, right. the CN Women's Open before that, and the BMO Women's Open. Anyway, the Canadian Demore, Open. And the DeMaurier. DeMaurier. Right? That was the big thing was with DeMaurier. DeMaurier came in with a lot of money and made that a major championship, which she ran. That was her next life after she couldn't play anymore. She had bad knees and she became a great player, a great administrator and built that tournament and created the DeMaurier series, which was a little Canadian uh, event uh, section of uh, a group of events that people like Laurie Kane and Brooke Henderson cut their teeth on. So, I mean, she's leaving a great legacy and it's, it's sad. She's a Canadian Golf Hall of Famer, Order of Canada, a lovely, lovely woman. I was saying to somebody on the weekend, I was texting, I said, you know, I never ever heard her upset. I never heard her angry. She always had this beautiful lilt in her voice, a little bit of the French accent, and she would tell you, Bob, I think it is a wonderful day out here today. I'm doing a <laughs> terrible injustice, but it was such a beautiful voice that she had, and uh, she made a lot of people smile in her life. Well, I never had the pleasure of meeting her, but but I'm uh, very thankful for what she did for the game in this country, and uh, and uh, she leaves an incredible legacy. Uh, on, on a brighter note, a couple of really big Canadian wins on Canadian soil this week. want to give uh, congratulations to Ryan, Ryan, Riley Fleming, excuse me, who won the PGA Canada Championship. Uh, incredible performance by Riley. He goes 66, 63, 68, 66 to win PGA uh, of Canada Championship presented by TaylorMade. So congratulations to Riley. And then uh, just as impressive, uh, uh, Rykoff, uh, excuse me, Rycroft's uh, Skellig wins the Canadian Amateur Bob this week. That was down at the Ambassador Club in Windsor. Uh, he goes 17 under par for that win as well. So we had a couple of nice wins on Canadian soil this week. And uh, nice to see the national championships back as well, because obviously last year we were wondering how much championship golf we were going to get in the middle of pandemic. And now things are happening again. It's great. I, uh, was watching some of the uh, Ontario championships are being played out as well. I think the Ju Canadian Junior Boys is going this week in Laval-sur-le-Lac. So there's, uh, yeah, it's nice to see, and it's nice to see people from all over the country 
uh, arriving at these tournaments and, and, and competing because these are great old championships. You know, the, the PGA of Canada championship is older than the PGA championship in the U.S., wow. um, I think by, by a few years. So it's a great old championship. Well, on the other side, we're going to talk about the last WGC FedEx championship because that FedEx, as we said, loses its WGC status, becomes the kickoff to the FedEx Cup playoffs next year. Abraham Answer was the winner. Is that the story, though? I don't know if it is because we had Hideki <laughs> with a miss. We had uh, what, implosions, uh, implosions from Bryson and, and, and English. I mean... To me, this tournament was every, anything but an Abraham answer victory, which is kind of a backhanded compliment away. We'll jump into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. All right, FedEx St. Jude Classic. We've got one week left in the regular season. Wyndham Championship is this uh, upcoming week on the PGA Tour. The Wild Card Weekend, your last crack to make the playoffs. Looking at the 125. we got some Canadians on the outside looking in. Good news for Team Canada is Adam Hadwin has kind of positioned himself in a spot where we could all feel more comfortable now about Adam alongside Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors. Uh, who will be part of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Can we add Roger Sloan? Can we add Michael Glickick? Roger had a good uh, finish this week at the Barracuda Championship, which was the opposite field event, so we'll have to get a look at the... I haven't looked this morning at the new bubble pitcher. It was uh, right there, Ricky Fowler, heading into the weekend, was kind of the bubble boy. We'll take a look at that in an hour or two, but Abraham Answer is a winner on the PGA Tour. It is officially a European Tour win, and the PGA Tour victory, because this is a WGC event. Before we get to the real story of this, though, let's hear from our winner, Abraham Answer. Man, this is going to take a while. Uh, I was trying to kind of let it all sink in there when I was uh, in the ceremony on 18. It was uh, really surreal, something that I've been working for since I was a little kid. Um, definitely a dream. A dream come true to win on the PGA Tour and, and and to do it on a big stage like a WGC event was uh, was really really cool, man. Uh, it was a crazy round. I thought I was gonna need a really low one to have a chance today, but uh, it just worked out that it was like pretty much survival mode on the on the back nine. It was it was pretty tricky. The wind was swirling. The pins were in in spots that you have to be extremely accurate. Um, and yeah, I mean, I got I got lucky maybe, but there were some instances in some tournaments that I thought I've I've done enough to win, and I just I didn't get the win. So uh, this time it just worked out uh, my way, and uh, and I'm really thankful, man. I think Abraham is looking at this through a great lens that it just kind of went his way this week. That he feels that there were other weeks on the PGA Tour where he played better and it didn't bounce his way. This time he shoots 68. But he's gifted a five-and-a-half-foot miss putt by Sam Burns-Bob in the playoff. A lip-out from Hideki Matsuyama from just outside 15 feet, maybe 18 feet in the playoff as well. Hideki shoots 63 on Sunday to get in this. And what about the implosion of our leaders? Harris English, who's looking for his third win of the season, he was at 20 under par. He finishes 15 under, 73? 
73, sorry, he was at 18 under, my apologies, 73, and 74 by Bryson DeChambeau, who was two off the pace in the final group, and this is now becoming a theme for Bryson, he implodes on Sunday. What What's the headline for you here, Bob, because five and a half footers, blow up by DeChambeau, I mean, you can go anywhere with this. <laughs> There's about 30 headlines you could write on this one, I think, really. I mean, I think Abraham Answer was due. He is, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's been such a good player for so long. Not to have a win is almost shocking in some ways. He was 23rd, ranked 23rd in the world going into this and um, moved up to 11 with that win. So I think that's that's kind of a cool story. Don't forget, he's also a Nova Scotia Open champion. Uh, I didn't yes, know if you is. knew that, but there you go. Yes. And, uh, and that was a Corn Ferry Tour event for that, a couple of At the of time, seasons. yeah, it was Corn Ferry event. Yeah. At the time, right? uh, and, but I, I, I think the... Uh, the Hideki performance was was something else to me. When you know, I think missing the fairway on his second uh, the second playoff hole cost him. Uh, they, but as you said, he had a good chance with that first putt, and he was kind of a week too late, wasn't he? I mean, that would have been that would have been uh, something else if he'd done that at the Olympics. I would say the Bryson Harris English one is the one that's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Both those guys. Now they got put on the clock, and mainly because of one guy, we know which one it was. It wasn't Harris English, let's just say that. And I think that those, in some of the post-round comments, you heard, you know, talking about having to rush and having to play uh, out of rhythm. Uh, but that's, as you said, that's starting to become something that's that's not just a one-off anymore. It's it's uh, unusual for not only the, the slow play, but the, the final rounds where he just seems to not be able to close now. I don't know what, what's causing that, if there's anything to it or not. But I, I still love the story of Abraham Answer, a guy who has just been just been playing so good for the last three or four years and just finally gets the breakthrough win. Harris English is one of the more likable guys on the PGA Tour. You can't find a human being on, on tour to say anything bad about Harris English. And most people were very thrilled for the success he has found this year. Again, a chance for a third victory uh, this week. Bryson also had a chance for a third victory of the season uh, this week. But but at what point does this become a hindrance, Bob, to be paired with Bryson DeChambeau? Because it's a circus, not just the implosion and how, like we saw it at the U.S. Open as well. Like it's when he implodes, it, it's it's a it's a spectacle. And then there's the heckling of Bryson with the gallery with the Brooksies, which happened again this week. Uh, usually he's good for a few uh, bizarre rule. Uh, ch- uh, challenges or or uh, you know bringing in rules officials things of like that. I mean, it's a circus now. He's turned into a circus. Part part of it is his own fault. Part of it isn't. But regardless, it's a circus. The slow play. To your point, Harris English wasn't on the clock. He he was, but he he was not. It was Bryson who did it again. At what point does this become like, hey, I don't want to play. I don't want to be partnered with this guy. I don't want to play with this guy. And what does the tour do about this? You know, at some point, if I was Bryson's agent or his girlfriend or his father, someone's got to just kind of grab him by the shirt collar and say, come on, like, like, let's straighten up. You're a good, really good golfer. Um, He blew off. He did not do talk to any print media the entire week. I don't know if you knew that. He came out with those comments about uh, why he didn't get the vaccine, which everyone left everyone scratching their heads. He mm-hmm. seemed to indicate that he didn't think there was enough capacity that he wanted to make sure that other people got it. But I think they're they've got a lots of uh, more than enough vaccines. 
and I don't want to get into that side, but again, sort of a controversial comment of some sort with the COVID mm -hmm. thing. And then he's just notoriously become a slow player. And, um, you know, that's that's almost what started the whole Brooks Bryson thing, right? Was the slow play when Brooks right. kind of called right. him out. So uh, there's just issue after issue, on course, off course, on course, off course. And um, the only person who can correct it is him. And, and he's yeah. got to figure out a way if he wants to try and get out of this um, this hole of people yelling at him and, and the slow play. I mean, it's those those things are easily fixable if you want to do it. I think what you're saying to you about the vaccine comments, it's not to get political and start talking about vaccines, but, but there is a point in this. And the point is taking personal ownership of stuff. And to your point, you can fix these things. And when he says, uh, I don't, I didn't take the vaccine because I'm young and healthy and I want to make sure there's enough supply for people who need it, who are sick. And he paints himself as this holier than now, do-gooder when it's completely fake news there's enough vaccine they're handing out vaccines with shots at bars in louisiana okay there's enough vaccines okay so he instead of taking ownership that he didn't want listen i disagree personally my own personal choice i disagree with them but I, I i would have more respect for him if he took personal ownership and said Whatever. I'm not taking it. Bob. Instead, he deflects it and tries to turn himself into a savior, Bob. And that is a micro example as to why everything else in his golf game is a disaster. And I don't know about you, but just in casual games that I've been playing with friends, more and more now to me are have expressed a dislike for Bryson. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it, it, it used to be sort of you either like Brooks or you either like Bryson. Now I just find people have had enough kind of of him I think people are in awe of his swing and things but um but I just I find that's what I'm hearing more and more and I guess it's just anecdotal stuff uh but I think that's that's all this stuff starts to add up over time listen it's the summer of Italy so this makes sense the Italians won the Euro 2020 we're the fastest man in the world we're the highest jumpers in the world uh we want a relay and now this is everybody else becoming Italian too you just start disliking everyone and judging everything. Okay, this is it. You're like me now. I don't like Bryson and I don't like Kapka. Everybody has become. This is the summer of Italy. I hope Koliakovo uh, is listening right now because he would really enjoy this. So, gentlemen, okay. On the other side, let, we're going to spin this into a positive conversation because on the other side, we're going to talk about women's Olympic golf and what a wonderful couple of stories that we had. An incredible play. Uh, and world number one looking like world number one, doing what world number ones do. We'll get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to GTC. Bob, before we get into Olympic golf, you and I were just chatting in the break because we haven't had a chance to talk other than text because I've, you know, we've been kind of separated from for Olympics and whatnot. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, I, I was asking you about your putting because you know me. I'm always talking about putting, stressing about putting, and some weeks are good, some weeks are bad. And you, you said, 
ah, you know, putting's fine. You don't really think about putting. And what has happened since our conversation? <laughs> I think you put the jinx on me. I tell you, <laughs> I have not been so inconsistent with my putting that I can ever remember. And it all stems. I'm blaming you. I mean, I'm fully blaming you because you put it in my head. I missed two birdie putts yesterday under, I would say, like literally four feet, maybe even closer, and not even not not like lip outs or anything. Like right. didn't even. And then my uh, my pace, I had about I had two three putts in the first four holes. Oh man, what a day! Now were you at Weston? Were you at Weston? I was at Weston. Were, were you putting on a pool table? Are they super slick? Yeah, I got uh, I got above the hole a couple times, which yeah. doesn't help at Weston. So yeah, that'll <laughs> that'll uh, get you to the men's uh, grill with uh, looking for a drink in a hurry if you get above That's the exactly. hole at Weston. So. <laughs> um, all right, Bob, uh, women's golf in the Olympic. I know we, we talked a little uh, Olympics off the top, but specifically, I know you guys broke down the men's last week. So let's get into the, the women's this week. I mean, Nellie Korda, uh, she kind of, you know, it's weird in the women's golf. I always feel like every two years, someone hands the baton to somebody else and you're going to be world number one now. And this is her fourth victory of the year. Um, uh, she's kind of dominating right now in every facet of the game. Like I, I I'm going, okay, well, who's the longest. And you know, Nellie's in the top five distance off the tee. And then I go, okay, well, what about greens and reg? And there she is in greens and reg. And then I kind of look putting along. She's also a really good putter. I'm like, it's, it's, it looks really easy for her right now. And for me, when she made the big mistake, when she had the, the double bogey on seven in the final round and Lydia was on fire, I mean, like Lydia Ko was coming hot, and Nelly Corda birdies eight, nine, and ten to, to, to go. That double bogey, it never happened. I'm like, this tells me like this. She's number one, and she's got a rocket strapped to her back right now. She, uh, she's very impressive. Uh, let's not overlook the fact she came within one hole of shooting 59. She had a great shot mm-hmm. in the Olympics. I mean, that was a pretty spectacular round of golf. Uh, until that double bogey on the final hole again that I, I think every once in a while if there's a little bit of mental slip maybe or something with her game but she's so good that she's got enough of it and she rebounds when that does happen um you know overall i think you look at uh, lydia ko's game spectacular under the work of sean foley i think has really kind of helped her uh get back into into um into form she looks like a she looks really so calm on the golf course compared to what she was five years ago or four years ago. Uh, I think, And I also think the, the whole women's event uh, featured all the best players in the world, not like the men's, you know, where some of them right. opted out. Right. The women all wanted to be there. And there were some really great stories. I mean, um, there's. I, I know we're going to talk about Aditi in a little bit, but but uh, I don't know if you saw the story about the other Indian golfer. She finished way down, like 58th no, or 59th. Diksha Dagar got in at the last minute. She was the last entry into the field when a South African golfer tested positive. So she came in. She is left-handed, first of all. We yes. know that. It's very rare in women's golf. And she's deaf. She's already played in the Deaf Olympics. I didn't know And this. she came second in the Deaf Olympics. And it was a great story I didn't find until basically Saturday afternoon when my sister told me about it. But uh, a really cool, and there were a couple of really cool stories like that. So, you know, I think the women's side had, and the bronze medalist, Mona Inamay, silver medalist, right? She got silver medalist. Silver, yeah. I mean, she doesn't even play on the LPGA Tour. She plays on the Japanese Tour. So I think it was a little bit more global in nature, and and I like that aspect of it. Um, but, but to go back to the original point, 
Nelly Corda is just on fire right now. Um, Olympics or wherever you want to play. Okay, so I'm with the I, I, I like Nelly Corda, world number one, and looks like looks like okay, she's here to stay for a long time. Anami Monet uh, or Monet Anami. Now we can go back to the regular right. way you say her name. Now that the Olympics are over, that was hard. Trust me for for two weeks, yeah. right? Uh, the fact, yeah, the fact that well, she's won five times this year on the Japan Golf Tour, yet she's number two on their money list. I find that hilarious, right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, Lydia Ko, you're right, Bob. And she's just doing it with a smile. She's so joyful on the golf course. Uh, the, 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 if I'm looking for the surprise stories, uh, not a medal for Team Korea. Four players representing Korea. Uh, they don't medal. That's a surprise. Uh, and also... I hate to say it, but do we start asking what's wrong with Brooke? Is that fair? Do, is it okay now for us to ask what's wrong with Brooke? Because, like, I mean, I thought, okay, this is this is a big stage for her. I felt really good about her coming into this. I I was shocked that, listen, meddling's one thing. We're only giving out three medals. But not having a chance to medal at any point for four days, what do you think's wrong with Brooke, Bob? Yeah, uh, uh, you look at the first round she played and her putting stats, she was minus almost six shots to the field in putting dead last in one round. She actually was on the positive side, strokes gained putting for rounds two, three, and four, and still finished, I think, 58th. So the first round was absolutely horrendous uh, for putting. And, yeah, I think she's going through a little bit of a, a lull. Let's, you know, if you wrap up the entire season, she's still got five top tens and a win. But in her last five or six events, she's been nowhere. And uh, I don't know if she's starting to feel the fatigue. You know, we talked about the 55,000 kilometers she's been flying. She's got one more leg to go over to the British Open next week. And I don't know if that's part of it. I think uh, there are are some, some points now, though, that in a good way make me think that maybe she's going to have to start looking at other ways to correct. So we know her putting's poor or inconsistent. I, I think we've gone over this before. We don't call her yes. a poor putter. We call her a streaky putter. But this well, yeah, is because when streak. she gets hot and makes right. stuff, and she and then she stays hot for like a week or two, and right. she goes win third and fourth, right. right? And then the putter vanishes for a couple months, right? Right, right. And the wedge play, again, is still not up to snuff, and I think that showed a little bit as well, when you out, especially out of that, that nasty uh, rough that they had over there. So I think maybe at some point it's going to get to where – um, she's going to have to try and find another way to correct it. And maybe that's a Gareth Rafluski or a, a Ralph Bauer or some short game specialist who can kind of come in. She hasn't seen her father, who is her coach, in over a year. She's talked about that in terms of, of instruction. You know, you can say what you want about her father. He's, he's, he's been, but he's been there since day one, so that helps her. So she hasn't had that access. And that may be a factor as well. But uh, you're right. It's, I think, the, I think it's, it's time it's proper time right now to raise the the alert flag and say okay what's going on here yeah something certainly needs to happen and so, something needs there needs to be a change cuz she's just too good a ball striker and just too talented to finish 58th out of a 60 person field it's just it's just doesn't make sense when she when she doesn't have her putter she should have been 25th in this event when she's put, you know what i mean cuz yeah. Tita green so something is is definitely sideways. Mind you, nice finish for her. Nice was a 67 on Sunday, so a nice finish for Brooke. And I'm with you, Bob. When I look at their calendar, 
there being LPGA players and the traveling they do and the continent jumping they do to play professional golf compared to men. Not that the men don't travel, but the men have the um, the luxury of saying, I'm not playing this week, you know, because of, and, and, you know, and they also have smart, they're smarter with their schedule. You know, the men go to the West Coast for three or four in a row because they have that luxury. And then, and then Florida for three, four in a row. I look at the LPGA. They're in California one week. They're in Korea the next, right? Like, it's insane. And it's right. I must wear on you. It must wear on you. And um, But they're tough, and they play great. And congratulations to Nelly and, and, and all the medalists at the Olympics. Okay, we're going we're gonna to break early. On the other side, we're going to welcome in Adam Scully. We're going to get you caught up on many things Golf Talk Canada-related. And uh, we'll get uh, maybe we'll get Adam's thoughts as well on uh, on the uh, women's Olympic golf as well, because I haven't had a chance to uh, get Adam's thoughts on the medalists for the Tokyo 2020 women's golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Before we welcome in Adam Scully, just want to let... Uh, any of our ladies in our audience today know that Golf Ontario is kicking off a women's try golf series. So if there's any women uh, out there that are thinking about trying golf, but maybe, hey, a little uncomfortable with just going out and playing because they've never been out on a golf course before and would appreciate uh, participating with uh, uh, other beginners, other people new to the game, this is a great one. GAO.ca, GAO.ca slash women's dash golf. So GAO.ca slash women's dash golf. They have events across the province of Ontario. Uh, so check it out. There's tons in each region, lots of opportunities. It's nine holes, no scorecards, no rules, anything goes. They're going to have scramble where, you know, everybody can share on good shots. It's $25. That is it to participate meet a bunch of great new people if you don't have clubs they can set you up with golf clubs as well uh tea times are usually around 4 4 30 later in the day so if you're working and you got to put in a day's work before you go out no problem there so check it out gao.ca slash women's golf dash golf so sorry gao.ca slash women's dash golf check it out and uh, give it a try all right, bringing in Adam Scully. Scully, before we get things caught up on all things GTC, what, what were your thoughts on that women's golf? I know you were up with Bob and I in the wee hours of the morning handing out uh, hardware. So, Incredibly entertaining. Both the men's and the women's golf tournaments were awesome to see. Drama down the stretch. <clears throat> and for Nellie Corda, I can't imagine what she had to go through there with the, the horn blowing on the 17th green. Just imagine what's going through your head you know, this could be a life-changing moment, what would be in 20 minutes. But now, you know, the forecast, as we were talking about over text, wasn't great. And there were a lot of rumors going around that it could be a 54-hole tournament. So could the delay be 20 minutes? Could it be two hours? Could it be four hours? Who knows? But obviously, it wasn't very long. Good for Nelly Corda to get that victory. And as I mentioned last week, both on television and radio, I thought the men's golf tournament was the most entertaining tournament of the year in all forms wow. of golf whether pga tour or whatever it's I, I thought it was incredible to watch 
and and the women's golf tournament as well. It was very it was thrilling. It was uh, awesome to see, as you guys mentioned. I'd love to see a bit of a format change, but in terms of pure entertainment value, I thought both tournaments were excellent. Yeah, listen, I'm not. Uh, there, there was a lot of excitement. It just for me, it's kind of funny. It took a while to get there. I don't know if that if that makes sense, to you guys. It felt like a slow burn. Like out of the gates, it was kind of weird. It was kind of like you know, it, it took a while. To, I don't want to say to get get my interest going, but to really kind of get into the event. And yet, for some reason, when we got to those final days in, in both tournaments, uh, everybody seemed so fully engaged, like right to the, you know, we're, we're with majors, like especially the Masters. Like on a Thursday at Augusta, there's enough coverage and conversation after Thursday at Augusta. It's like, it's like we're handing out a green jacket in the next 20 minutes, right? People have broken down every shot uh, from 18 holes at the Masters on a Thursday. This was like, as soon as we got to that gold medal final, Everybody got kind of heightened, but it took a, it took a while to get there. Okay, Adam, what's happening? We got twenty weeks. Tell me, how many weeks do we have left? Not many, I believe. This is week eighteen as we speak, and later today on social media, you know, what we're giving away we're giving mm. away a brand new set of irons, the third generation P seven ninety irons, just released. I'll actually have an interview with Matt Bovey on our TV show this week where you can learn all about the irons. And Mark, Bob, how do you guys win? Well, it's easy. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, <laughs> follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter and Instagram, tag your golfing buddies. It's Christmas every day here on Golf Talk Canada. Later this afternoon, a brand new set of irons. They could be yours. We are also going to give away in the next couple of weeks the grand prize to the Mr. Butcher uh, giveaway as well. So looking forward to that. I know Bob was into the crab cakes last night, so uh, totally aware of that. Um, but we have a big uh, stretch of uh, golf season coming up, guys, because FedEx Cup playoffs, we are t uh, radio to TV every Monday following every playoff event for three weeks in a row. And then we found out this week, Adam, that we've got a bonus money to radio uh, for after the Ryder Cup, which you gentlemen will be handling. Yes, sir. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be Bob and I handling that one. And uh, yeah, so we have five more radio to TV specials because, of course, we have our Festivus special. Oh, that's ah. right. I can't. Well, I can't believe it's August and we're plugging the Festivus show. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, uh, we got a little bit of time. Uh, before we get to uh, the other side, on the other side, we're going to welcome in John McCarthy, Chasing the Sun, segment two, uh, second time for John. And John wanted to talk a little Olympics and jump into FedEx Cup bubble, which we'll also talk about uh, coming up in hour two. Um, but Ryder Cup is right around the corner. Uh, Phil Mickelson made a kind of interesting comment this week. I don't know if you guys caught that, but Phil was asked about the Ryder Cup. And he said, "I, in so many words, I'm paraphrasing. It's hard to pick somebody as inconsistent as I have been, is what he said. Trying is he trying to let Stricker off the hook? Like, like is what's his play? But like, is he on the radar radar right now, Bob? Because he, listen, he's the reigning PGA champion. But with the exception of that, there's no really re, no reason to really put Phil on this team. So would he be on your radar if you were Steve Stricker? He definitely have to be on the radar because you know he can perform as he did at the PGA. Unfortunately, you know he can perform as he did at some of the other events since then. Um, 
I don't know. It's going to be, listen, it's going to be a tough choice. In some ways, having more picks, it makes it tougher than having fewer picks, if that makes sense. If there's two obvious guys um, to pick off the, that aren't on the team already, it's, it's okay, we'll go to those two. But if you got six, then you, you've got a wider uh, selection choice, I think. So it might make Steve Stricker's job a little tougher. I got to think that for everything that he will give up on the golf course, I think he will add in the lock in the team room. Mm-hmm. I think that if you are a European Tour rookie and you're standing on the tee and you look across and there's Phil Mickelson, does that count for some bonus points? You know, there might might imagine. be some stuff in that as well. Yeah. Okay. So Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, <laughs> hmm. Justin Thomas. <laughs> And Xander Shoffley are your automatics, okay? Those are your automatics. So we need to find six more. I'm going to go down the list. Adam, Bob, you give me a yes or a no. we got three minutes to do this. Jordan Spieth, Bob? Yes. Adam? Yep. Yep. That's three yeses. Harris English, Bob? Yes. Adam? Probably. <laughs> that wasn't the choice. <laughs> I'm with you guys. I'm going to say yes, but it's a, it's a barely a yes. Patrick Reed, Bob. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Both of us. Hilarious. Daniel Berger. No. 50-50. I'm going no. Patrick Cantley. Definite no. Yes. So you know what we're you know what we're in for here now, Adam? We're into the what have you done for me lately stretch. And yep. this to me has always been the problem with the picks. Don't put your picks on guys that put these points on the board eight months ago, six mm, months right. ago. And that's what Berger and Cantley are. They haven't done a thing all summer. Their 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 points happened a while ago when they were the return to golf. Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantley, five months ago, in January, February this year, Patrick Cantley might have been the best player on the PGA Tour in mm-hmm. February. That was February. We've played a lot of golf since then. And this is why I'm going, I'm kind of going, let's, hey, you got six picks? Roll the dice with a couple of them. Pick a few guys that are hot. You know, where's Tony Finau been? He's next on this list. Finau nowhere. Webb Simpson nowhere. Scotty Scheffler. Jason Kokrak. Billy Horschel. Sam Burns. You get down to Phil Mickelson at 18th. Will Zalatoris, if he's healthy, sitting there at 20th, right? It's going to be some interesting, interesting picks. I don't act, I don't envy Steve Stricker at all. And next week, guys, next week what we need to do, we're going to pull a segment aside next week. And take a look at Harrington. And we'll put we'll put these two when we, when the regular season is over next week. Let's put these two teams together, and and figure out who has the 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 tougher job. Because five months ago, I came on our show and I said Harrington has a way more difficult job picking his team, right? And I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. <laughs> I think those things have completely reversed, and I yeah. think it'll be interesting to take a look at that next week. Uh, when we really uh, break these down, I'm going further down, further down. Like, I mean, it's tough. There's not a lot. I I think Phil Mickelson ends up on this team, guys. Let's do that. Bob, Phil Mickelson end up on this team. I'm going to say yes. And the reason I'm going to say yes is I'm going to say 
There ain't anybody other than Jordan Spieth. Like I'm looking at this, other than Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed, there ain't anybody leaping out of this page at me. How about you? Yeah, I'm the same way. There's enough question marks with recent form for guys like Cantley, Finau, Webb. Um, you know, Scotty Scheffler might be a guy in there, but I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think Phil's on the team. Adam, Phil on the team, yes or no? I couldn't agree more, even if you play him in one four-ball session. So if he does hit some spray bombs, you know, left, right, you know, he's in play and, you know, play him in a singles match for sure. Remember back in 2019, Tiger Woods won the Masters. I was always, he's going to be on that team for sure at the President's Cup. Yes, he was the playing captain. Yes, he wasn't playing well. Obviously, he flipped a switch and was the best player at that President's Cup. Not going to say Phil Mickelson's going to be the best player in the Ryder Cup, but just something to consider perhaps. And uh, if I'm Steve Stricker, I'm putting uh, the Shambo and Kepka out together in the first match Friday. Morning. Yes. You go out, set the tone, put the two of them out there, kick off the Ryder Cup. How good would that be? That would be a it's appointment TV regardless. Could you imagine the TV audience tuning in at 8 a.m. for like the opening match on a Friday at Whistling Straits when it's DeShambo and Kepka going out for Team USA? <laughs> I love that. So good. All right, guys. On the other side, John McCarthy, uh, Toronto Sun Media is going to join us. we got lots to get to. We're going to look at the Bubble Boys, FedEx Cup in hour two, Winners Weird and What. Still lots to get, to get to. You're listening to Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2. We're going to jump into FedEx Cup playoffs. Who is out who are in some huge names on the outside looking in right now just shockingly surprising uh and we will get you caught up on that because this week the Wyndham Championship wild card weekend your last chance to punch your ticket to the playoffs and play for some obscene amount of money and secure your spot for next year on the PGA Tour we will also get into winners weird and what and get you caught up on our TV schedule. But first, I had the opportunity to sit with uh, John McCarthy, get caught up with John. John, of course, national golf writer for Toronto Sun Media, and we like to call it Chasing the Sun right here on Golf Talk Canada. Let's run that Chasing the Sun with John McCarthy. All right, it's time for another Chasing the Sun with John McCarthy of Sun Media. Uh, John, a busy week for both of us, the Olympics. Uh, let's start there because... I find it so interesting. Everybody I speak to seems to have a different take of A, is it a success? B, is this important? C, should we continue as golf community going to the Olympics with professionals in this capacity? Let's start with the wins. What were the wins for you from an Olympic golf perspective? 
Yeah, well, I mean, when it all started, I was I was skeptical too because for me, um, it doesn't necessarily golf as a sport doesn't necessarily fit into the sort of the cadence and timing of an Olympic Games. To me, the Olympics is it's like appointment viewing. You know, what times the rowing, what times the two hundred. If someone asks you what time the golf is, it's like oh, it's uh, it's eight hours today, and then it's eight hours for the next three days. So I was a little worried about that off the bat. And another thing I was a little worried about is that. Um, golfers don't necessarily look like Olympians and I know Olympians almost come in every shape and size, but I think golf might've introduced a few more shapes and sizes to, to the Olympics. I mean, what other sport can you be walking casually while eating a sandwich and chatting to, to your opponent during the competition? So those were a few things I was worried about off the bat, but I got to say it all really started working for me because I really liked that it, it came down to the athletes themselves. I mean, as golf fans, we know, at major championships, there's so much history and there's so many storylines that are, I won't say pre-written, but they sort of based on the last year's masters or, or history. And this is, it really felt like a clean slate and, and that the script had to be written by the athletes. And to me, that is sort of what the Olympics is. The focus should be on the athletes. And I really think it was, I mean, we had a golf course, it's a hundred year old golf course, but we didn't know much about it. So the focus really was, was on these golfers. And I think at the end of the day, they did a great job making it a compelling entertainment tournament on both the men's and women's side. Yeah, I love the ending to both. And I thought the final rounds were great. Um, for me, the challenges are still sometimes the hours that we're getting this content on this side of the world. And I know that's a North American perspective, but I'm with you with what you said right there off the top, like the amount of hours and the amount of days that golf consumes the Olympic ca calendar with really the only care and focus being in the last hour of the final round of men's and the last hour of the final round of women's. And I would love to see a way, John, where they could condense this format and combine the men and the women and get this into four days where we're handing out single medals, team medals, mixed with men and women, get it into a four-day window. I don't know. For me, that would seem like, A, it would fit the Olympic model better, and B, the, the more condensed time frame, I think golf would get more attention. Yeah, I think you might be right. One thing, I did like that the um, – that, that how many birdies were available because golf, as we all know, it can be a really challenging sport. And I think if, if the Olympics is bringing some new eyes to the game, I did like that there was athletes out there showing how great they are. I'm not sure if you're first glance at golf, you want to see the best players in the world uh, struggle. And I, that's another sort of strange thing about golf is the best player in the world, unless he's Tiger, he wins less than 10% of the time. So that's another thing that I thought was um, going to be challenging for golf in the Olympics. But then we ended up with two great winners. I mean, Xander Shoffley has a great story with, you know, having his mother grow up in Japan and then his sort of his dad's Olympic dream fall. And then he sort of picks it up. So I love that. And then on, on the women's side, we have Nellie Corda staking her claim as the best player in the world. So I do think we lucked out with great champions and people that, um, especially on the men's side, he really, he really cared about the Olympic Games, which I think was a little concerned going in with some of the Americans. All right, let's transition into FedEx Cup because uh, wildcard weekend, Wyndham. We have some Canadians that they need to get going here. I know we've got, we're lucky that we've got Adam now that's kind of moved into that 110 number. So he looks much more secure for next season compared to where we were, say, a month and a half ago if you and I were having this conversation. So there is good news from the Team Canada perspective. But we've got some great players that need to get going on the outside looking in and some interesting names. Like right now, 
Justin Rose and Ricky Fowler are not part of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like, that is just amazing, mind-bending to me. You know, it really is. And, I mean, and my focus is all is going to be primarily on the some of our Canadian guys going into next week because, you know, guys like Roger Sloan, Michael Gligic, they're, they're sort of – they're going to need to have good weeks this week or next week. And, and we want as many Canadians as possible, you know, representing the Maple Leaf on the PGA Tour. I mean, uh, earlier this winter – so Roger lives in, in Houston, Texas, and they had that wicked ice storm. And, and he sends me a picture that he's built a, a hockey rink in his yard in Houston, Texas. I'm not sure how, how many people have ever done that, but I think that these are the kind of people we need out there on tour. And I'm very interested even when the playoffs come to see how our Canadian Olympians do in the playoffs. I mean, Corey and Mackenzie Hughes had great years, but I talked to Corey about two months ago, and he said, you know, without a win – he would be a little disappointed because he's playing so well. And that is the next step. Both guys have made such strides this year, but really the next step is getting back in the winner's circle. So I'm really hopeful that one of them will do it, you know, on the big stage. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I love that attitude of we're not going to be happy with just, you know, qualifying and get and getting into the playoffs and maybe even top 30, like without a win, they don't look at their season as a success and that mindset, that mind frame, to your point, John, is like, to me, that's bang on. That means that's how, to me, you can't get to that next level that you and I are talking uh, about if you're happy with, hey, I'm 70th, you know, heading into the FedEx Cup. It doesn't work that way. Before we wrap, because, you know, you and I can do an hour back and forth like this quite easily. Uh, Alexis Card, you spent some time with a special 10-year-old, and I love your take on this. Her eyes in the world of golf from the day she picked up a golf club for the decade that she has been on this planet and how she looks at the game of golf has changed so much to the sport that you and I grew up with. No. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was before the Olympics. I had an opportunity to, to play with her at golf. Canada wasn't able to be at Augusta national in their normal numbers before the masters when she won the seven to nine, a year old division of the, of the drive chip and putt. So they wanted to sort of have a little celebration to give her a, you know, a hug from golf Canada so I was there for that, and I got the chance to play with her. And, I mean, obviously, it's amazing watching a 10-year-old girl hit 200-yard drives and, and chip and putt with such confidence, you know, like she's, never, like she's never known a bad chip or putt in her life. So that was wonderful. But then she was talking about Brooke Henderson and how she was interested in watching her in the Olympics. And, and that got me to thinking that, like, we, like you were saying, so she's 10 years old. And ever since the day she picked up a golf club five years ago, uh, representing Canada at the Olympics for a gold medal was – realistic dream it was something she could have and then augusta national every everything she's ever known of augusta national it isn't a place in her mind that wants to keep you out it's a place that if you practice hard enough you could it will open its doors and let you in and then guys like us you know we sit here and we talk about ways to change the game and what has to be done and this and that but i think change really happens when somebody new to it wakes up and they see a different reality than the one the generation before them saw and that means change has already occurred. And I think it's something worth, uh, worth celebrating and certainly worth noting. I think you're bang on. John, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, looking forward to our next one. we got to get out and play some golf at some point before the summer's out. He is John McCarthy from Sun Media. You can follow him at John McCarthy Sun on Twitter. Read him in all Sun publications and online. John, thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Mark. Always great catching up with John and chasing the sun. And on the other side, we're going to pick up that conversation because I want to find out from Bob and Adam 
who they are most surprised at when we look at this top 125 in this bubble. There are some names on the outside looking in that are mainstays in the FedEx Cup playoffs. People, you just assume, not only are going to the playoffs, maybe some of which are so good you assume they just go to the Tour Championship, including a former FedEx Cup champion. We're going to do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Mix and Match at Sleep Country is back, where we'll match you to the right mix of products, no matter your sleep style. So whether you're a sheet hogger, a pillow lover, a deep dreamer, or a mix of everything in between, our sleep experts have seen it all and will help you find the sleep essentials you need. Get a Kingsdown Queen mattress made to reduce excess heat for toasty sleepers on sale for only $5.49. Hurry, this price ends Sunday. Sleep well, stay well. Sleep Country. Greg Carrasco here from Oakville Infinity. That's it. It is time. You've done it. You've worked hard. You've made it. You've decided to drive a luxury vehicle. Oakville drives Infinity. And what better place to do it than Oakville Infinity, the home of the no commission salespeople. I think the time has come for you to come and see me. There is something happening here at OakvilleInfinity.com. What makes the perfect workout? Being able to ride, lift, and stretch in one place with motivating instructors. Y'all look so good out there, Peloton. Classes that always work around your busy summer schedule. Push, Peloton, you've got 20 minutes of opportunity on this ride. Instructor-curated playlists for every move. Let's turn it up, come on. Now what if you had it all? Ride at home, the Peloton bike. Nothing like working out from home. Try Peloton classes free on the app. Free trials and other limited offers available. Visit onepeloton.ca slash app to learn more. Terms apply. Coming up, what rhymes with orange? Hit pause on the podcast. Because Ontario Racing is back. Come enjoy live outdoor horse racing in our spacious viewing areas. Safely experience the thrill of live horse racing at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Explore the untapped excitement from the edge of your outdoor seat. Visit OntarioRacing.com for all your COVID safety protocols. Know when to take the reins. Must be 18 years or older to wager. Just when you thought things couldn't get any more awesome, we went and plus them up. The Virgin Mobile you love is changing. This isn't a goodbye, it's a hello. Hello to hot phones and value-packed mobile plans. Hello to unlimited internet with the speed you need. And hello to our TV app with the hottest live and on-demand shows with sweet prices and awesome member benefits to top it off. So check us out. We're now Virgin Plus, and you're going to love it. Visit a Virgin Plus store or virginplus.ca for details. Long live Virgin Plus. The following is a message from a real person who's experienced thoughts of suicide. My message to anybody who out there who's struggling right now is to keep trying and to keep reaching out and that you're worth something. Shane reached out for help. Hear his story at todayisbetter.ca. If you're in crisis, a trained responder is ready to listen. Call 1-833-456-4. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we take a look at the bubble. The top 125 after next week's Wyndham Championship will make its way, make their way, I should say, to the FedEx Cup playoffs. And gentlemen, right now, we have some ridiculously large names not in the FedEx Cup playoffs. All right. Ricky Fowler, right now, 130th on the FedEx Cup points list. Roger Sloan, currently 131. So trying to get Team Canada with another body in the playoffs and secure his card for next year as well. Tommy Fleetwood, 136, not in the playoffs. Charles Howell the third, 137, not in the playoffs. Justin Rose, 138, not in the playoffs. Francesco Molinari, 140. Sabatini Rory, 141. <laughs> Bob, I mean, where do you start? What's the biggest What's the biggest shock on all those? <laughs> Did you have the fact that you call them Sabatini uh, Rory, I love that. That's that's like the uh, Rory. I, like I the did the Olymp- reverse. You've got the Olympic. I did the reverse. <laughs> yeah, just like the Olympics. That's what we were we were we were going through. Um, I think Ricky Fowler is still the the biggest surprise. I mean, they're all surprises to be honest with you. But Ricky Fowler to me is just this continuous sort of fall. Uh, I think the you know guy like Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose, maybe they didn't play a regular schedule as much of a regular schedule just with COVID back and forth and things. Charles Howell has always been, you know, that ATM. He's like in the top 20 in the all-time uh, world, you know, all-time money ranking and has won, what, twice, I think, on the PGA Tour. So he's always been very consistent. So those guys are, uh, I don't know if you can pick one out of that group that's more surprising than the other, but if, it, if I had to, I would probably say Ricky Fowler. Yeah, for me, it might be Justin Rose because I thought uh, earlier this year, there were moments where I really thought Justin Rose was kind of going to find his form again. In fact, I remember around Masters time, us having the conversation that Justin Rose might be a guy we want to look as a dark horse at Augusta, always played well there. He was starting to show some signs of life, and we were thinking Justin Rose, you know, on a Masters team for a Masters pool. And here we are, you know what, four months after the Masters, five months after the Masters, and he's outside the playoffs. Adam, uh... Is it Rose for you? I know you were high on Justin earlier this year. Yeah, I was high on Justin Rose earlier in the year. And you mentioned the Masters. You know, he was leading after the first round of that Masters tournament as well with a 7-under 65. And then sort of a strange year for Rose. Top 10 of the PGA Championship, 78-77 at the U.S. Open. At the Open, he made the cut but was never really in the mix. I know he's battled a a wonky back for, for years now. Obviously, he had uh, the equipment deal, which a couple of years ago was, you know, when he switched to the Homna clubs, and now he's sort of transitioning back. So he's definitely a surprise for me. Ricky Fowler has had moments where he's got the spray gun out hitting it left, right. He has no idea where it's going, but now it seems like the swing is getting closer for him. He had that great finish at the PGA Championship inside the top 10. He's made a couple cuts in a row here. I could be considering Fowler for my edge team this week just because of the motivation to get into the playoffs. And then for Fleetwood, too, uh, you know, he's, he's got the new equipment deal this year as well with TaylorMade. And, you know, just a pair of top 10s. Just a really puzzling year for, for Tommy Fleetwood all in all. But of those three, I would still say Justin Rose is my biggest surprise for sure. 
Yeah, I, so you and I are, on, are in agreement with that one. Now, guys, we have uh, Team Canada. We think about this for next year. Got Connors. We've got Hughes. We've got Hadwin now, pretty comfortable. I think Adam's projecting at 107 right now. Uh, let me find him just to be safe because this is a moving uh, target, so I don't want to give incorrect information. But the last time I checked, he was projecting at 107. And now I've completely lost him, of course. 112. You guys I, have I've got him on your list? 112. 112. Okay. So he's falling back. Okay. Thank you. So we know that those three players are going to be secured for next year. Nick Taylor still has exemption off his win. So Nick Taylor will be part of the PGA Tour next year. We know uh, Taylor Penrith will join them. That's five. And Adam Spenson. We know Adam Spenson is, is going to join them. That's six, right? Uh, we're, there's potential for more, but we got to get – we have Roger Sloan on the outside looking in, Michael Glickick on the outside looking in, David Hearn on the outside looking in, so, Bob, do you, do you think, like, what, they need, they can't just have, like, a, a, a top 20 finish to move the needle that much. They basically have to be top five to, this week to, to really jump into this thing. Do they not with the point allocations? Yeah, and there's basically, there's basically three things they're playing for, right? They're playing for, to get into the playoffs. They're playing to keep their privileges. Hopefully you get 125 or better. But they're also playing for that 126 to 150 spot where you get starts next year. And, you know, I think uh, Roger Sloan's okay with that. Michael Gligic at 145 is kind of a little bit nervous. I was just trading texts with uh, David Hearn, by the way, in that last commercial break, and he's not even playing this week. He would have got into Wyndham, but he's just said, no, I'm going to reset and go for the Corn Ferry uh, playoffs. So that's what he's looking for as his avenue okay. to get back to the PGA Tour. So if you are 126 to 200, you get into the playoffs and there's, uh, I guess, 25 cards if you don't already have one uh, allocated there. And David's done that, I believe, once before, come through that way. So um, it's, you know, there's there's different ways to get there. I think everything's going to be sort of like shuffling cards. We'll, we'll, we'll shuffle them all out and then deal it up and see who's uh, who's on what side of the PGA Tour slash Corn Ferry uh, line mark. All right, if we're talking LPGA right now, and I asked you, who's the player of the year? Because, you know, the regular season is coming to an end in the FedEx Cup. So, you know, player of the year, things of that nature are going to start to get handed out here. If this was an LPGA conversation, then we'd all scream Nelly Corda and move to the next question. From a PGA Tour perspective, who's the player of the year right now, guys? We've got Colin Morikawa leading the way of the FedEx Cup. We've got John Rahm, number one player in the world. Morikawa's got two wins. Cantley's got two wins. Rom's got one win, but an asterisk on the because we know what happened at the memorial. Harris English has two wins. Bryson DeChambeau has two wins. Adam, who's the player of the year right now if you had to put your vote in tomorrow morning? It's a tough call. So many players with the multiple wins this season. No one has three victories. But I still say it's Morikawa given winning the Open Championship, winning a WGC as well. So two of his victories were two of the biggest events of the season. Uh, Morikawa is my guy. And then from there, do you go, is Bryson second? Is I mean, Harris English had a great chance to pick up win number three in yesterday's WGC. But for me, it's Morikawa. Okay, time out one sec, though. 
Morikawa, who I love, by the way, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. He's got two wins in eight top tens. His two wins are a WGC and a major. John Rahm, in reality, has two wins. Yeah. The record books won't show that. But in reality, he has a major and the memorial, which is almost as strong as a WGC. Mm-hmm. He also has 12 top tens, John Rahm. <laughs> Like a large bucket. If you were to if you were to go outside Morikawa, who would it be? Would you go to someone else with two wins, or would it be Rom with the unofficial two wins? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, you make a good point there about Rom with the twelve top tens, incredibly consistent. <laughs> uh, and then with the you know what what happened at the Memorial, which which was certainly unfortunate. I I guess he'd be the guy. Obviously, it'd be up for debate. The good thing is, is now we have. After this week, there are three straight weeks where all of the best players in the world will battle. So I would say if Rom goes on to win the FedEx Cup, it's John Rom's. If Morikawa wins the FedEx Cup, it's Morikawa's. But we're up for a debate here. We have a good month of golf coming up to decide this. Okay, Bob. Same, same <laughs> for you. You've had time to think about it. You've heard the conversation. Who right now is Bob Week's Player of the Year? Bob, I need your vote in the morning at 9 a.m. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> mail it in. I'm at PJ Tour headquarters. I'm waiting for your email. Who's on your ballot? Uh, I would have to go with Morikawa right now. I think you also throw in the fact that uh, had the fourth at the Olympics, which doesn't hurt in that playoff, so he mm-hmm. performed well there. I, I think he's, you know, the two wins he has. You can't overlook that the, the quality of field that he beat in both those. And I think I think John Rahm is close, but listen, if if Harris English wins the FedEx Cup, that might sway me to uh, to to put my vote on for Harris English. He's three wins, one of the win, and you know winning the whole thing. But right now, if I had to pick this day, this morning at uh, eleven twenty-five in Toronto, I would pick Colin Morikawa. I am with you on both fronts. I think we all have Morikawa right now. But I would say this, if, if any of the players, with the exception of Cantley, if any of the players were to win a third win and grab the FedEx Cup, I think that would sway me. So if Harris English, if John Rahm, Harris English, Bryson DeChambeau, if one of those three people win, the Fe- win a third win in FedEx Cup, Hard to ignore any of them. For some reason, I would ignore Cantley because I just don't... I, I know he has two wins officially. I know that's what the record books will say. I know historically, 10 years from now, when we all look back, we go, oh, Cantley had two wins in the super season. The reality is, that doesn't sit with me, and this is players voting on this, right? Players vote on this. And as far as the... Like, I know... We all know how the players feel about this, right? They, they feel that John Rahm did a walk-off that week is how they feel. Um, so, although, let me ask you that, Bob, before we go to break. If Cantley were to win, does it count? Does he even on the radar if he were to grab a third win? Because in my mind, it's not a third win. I think it, I think the players will look at it as saying, yeah, it's a third win because a win is a win. And as much as you, we look at Rom and say, you know, he probably, 99% of us would say he would would have won Memorial. He didn't. His name's not on the trophy. Um but I think there's a few players who can who can make a move over the next three weeks of the playoffs who might shake things up in there. But I think if Cantley wins the FedEx Cup, I don't know how you overlook that. 
that that would be the big break. It, it's just, it's yeah, tough. maybe the I know because Adam is it a third win though? Yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, I mean, technically yes, but I mean, and then you look at Stewart Sink. <laughs> what if Stewart Sink wins the FedEx Cup? It'd be three wins yeah. for him. We even mentioned you know him. he's a two-time winner, right? Right. Or Jason Kokrak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good problem. Know, to have. This uh, it's weird. It, it is a strange season where we have this logjam at two. You know, uh, God, we miss Tiger, don't we, guys? Don't we miss Tiger? <laughs> All right. On the other side, winners, weird, and what coming up next? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. All right, it is that time. The good, the bad, the ugly. We call it winners, weird, and what. And Adam Scully, this week, tea is yours, sir. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Okay, gents, I'll get to Phil Mickelson shortly because he is in my three-dub this week. But my winner goes to Terrell Hatton, known as one of the Funnier personalities, perhaps, on the PGA Tour. He's been involved in some funny European Tour videos, you know, with the thumb, the thumb up back in February, uh, the anger management video. He's been known to maybe call himself out a couple times on the golf course. But uh, this week at the WGC, he was paired uh, with Billy Horschel and Patrick Reed for the first two rounds. So Hatton took to Twitter, put out a couple of funny pictures. So... He said, here's my group this week at the WGC. We have a picture of Mr. Grumpy, which I would assume is, was him, himself. Mr. America, which is a little uh, cartoon picture of well, Patrick Reed. And then Mr. Chatterbox. So I guess that'd be Billy Horschel. So Bob <laughs> and Mark, if the three of us were playing golf, Mark, you'd be Mr. Chatterbox for 100%. sure. 100%. Yes. Um, I don't, Bob, I, you're, you're not grumpy on the golf course. No. So, I mean. I, I, I think I, I'm first... grumpier than you, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I could take Mr. Grumpy. Okay. But, uh, and a you funny could be way Mr. For... Canada. And I'll, I'll be Mr. Canada. I'll, I'll have the Adidas Olympic apparel on, and uh, we'll go out and play. And uh, But, no, funny for Troll Hatton to, you know, put this on Twitter. A great, one of the great personalities uh, on tour. So a, a good little bit with that. Okay, my weird this week. And uh, this goes back to Friday. Cameron Smith tied the PGA Tour record with 18 putts in his second round. You know, you, you see that stat on the outset and think, wow, that's really impressive. But what really is a putt? Because four or five different times, he was quite literally 20 feet away from the hole, but just off the green. I'm, right. I'm saying he was one step away. He could have touched the green with his left hand. 
I don't know. Like, is this, does this really matter? It's, to me, I was rolling my eyes the entire time the broadcast was talking about it because he more really had like 23 or 24 putts. Mark, what do you think? I don't know, boys. I'm starting to get to the point where we need to change to statistically how we define this. And any blow of the ball with a putter should be considered a putt. Regardless of fringe, regard, if, if, if you take a blow with a putter, it's a putt. Bob, what are you thinking? Yeah, it reminds me of the time I, had, I was out at the Skins game out in Prince Edward Island at Crowbush Cove, and on the 18th hole, uh, John Daly, on the par four, had a, uh, a drive and, and the three-putt green. The three putts for a par. But he actually <laughs> teed off with his putter, then he hit his driver off the deck, knocked it on the green, and two-putted. Now, what, how would you count that? <laughs> would that be three now, putts? that's a tough one. <laughs> I would agree with you. I would agree. I think that if if you're on the fringe and you're using your putter, that counts as a putt for me. That's for sure. And obviously Cameron Smith had a bizarre decision on the 72nd hole yesterday. That could have been an entire winner weird or what altogether, but 18 putts. I guess good for you, Cam Smith. He's had some weird records as well, four rounds in the 60s back at the November Masters, something I'm guessing we'll never see again at Augusta National. Okay, I mentioned my I mentioned Phil Mickelson. I love Phil Mickelson on social media. And you might think how did Phil decide to get on social media? Well, he was on the Pat McAfee show last week and actually told the story of how he was convinced to get on social media. I was scared to go on social media because I, first of all, have a very addictive personality, so I can, get, I can go overboard and, um, and not, not keep it in balance. But it, uh, when I first started, I had help, and it was frustrating for me because I wasn't able to get out little responses or little uh, tidbits that I wanted to put out there. So I just have taken it over myself and, and I try to keep it in balance. Uh, every now and then I'll get a uh, text from some guys on my team like, hey, what what are you doing, man? Take that down. <laughs> Phil being Phil, we love him on social media. Uh, you know, he's a social media all-star. And if he makes that Ryder Cup team, maybe we'll see some uh, inside the, the Ryder Cup team room. Uh, from Phil Mickelson. Okay, on that note, Mark, the tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, gents, the truth is my winner this week is Aditi Ashok from India, the 23-year-old who ended up finishing fourth, just one shot off the playoff. I mean, I fell in love with this girl. She is awesome. Because we live in, in a world now of super athletes, right? We live in 330-yard drives and bigger, faster, stronger, and our professional athletes on a world stage are so disconnected from the average human being. No disrespect, Adam. I know you're one of them. I know you're in that category. But for Bob and I, as mortals... We, we look at this and go, hey, how does this happen, right? How does it? And I'm sitting here and I'm watching Nellie Corda, who looks like a supreme athlete at world number one. She is bigger. She is stronger. She is better. And she is hitting the golf ball 45 yards on average past the Didi Ashok. On the first hole on Sunday, Nellie Corda hits three wood wedge to the first green and Aditi hits driver hybrid to the first green. Yet it makes it so special about our game that if Aditi thinks better and she putts better and she manages her game better, that somebody 
who maybe doesn't have the physical tools can still have a chance to win a gold medal. To say, Bob, it was so cool. I loved watching her. I, it lo sometimes looked like the club was swinging her, her mother on her bag. I mean, I could watch her all day. That was the story of the week for me outside of the actual medal presentation, I think. And I, I loved her comment afterwards. She says, it kind of sucks when you come fourth and they only give out three medals. You know, she she really wanted to medal. And I think it would have been huge. It was funny. I, I was... Uh, doing a little, trying to do a little research on her, and I went into some of those papers back in the newspapers back in India. She was a rock star back back home. So good for her. Awesome. That's what I love to hear. That's amazing. 1.3 billion people polling for her at the Olympics. That's pretty awesome. Okay, my weird this week, Scully. I'm with you on the Phil train, but and this is my weird. But I mean, like Phil's always up to something, guys. But the arm lock putter. The arm lock putter for one of the purest strokes that's, you know, a, traditionally a blade putter the majority of his career. Were you not shocked, Adam, when you tuned into the FedEx St. Jude Classic? And there's Phil, not only with the arm lock, but an arm lock blade. I've never seen an arm lock putter in a blade before, have you? Never seen an arm lock blade. Now, we saw Phil experiment with the belly putter years ago for a tournament or two. But we should mention that the arm lock putter, it only lasted one round. He was 54th in the field in putting. <laughs> switched back, shot 30 on his front nine on the second round uh, on Friday with a regular conventional putter. So the arm lock experiment didn't last too long. Well, And the one thing, guys, like, listen, it, statistically speaking, and, and just, you know, think of his brilliant putting at the PGA and stuff. Like, are, we, are, are the three of us going to sit around the table and, th and say, oh, Phil's inconsistent because of his putting? No, Phil's inconsistent because he can't keep it in the ballpark. That's why, <laughs> that's why Phil's inconsistent. Okay, and by what this week, guys? Did you see uh, Siwoo Kim's performance at the ah. FedEx? How beautiful was that, Bob? Was it 140-yard par 3, the 11th at TPC uh, Southwind? You can throw a golf ball onto the green. Siwoo Kim makes a 13. He put, he rinsed five golf balls in the water with a wedge in his hand. And that makes you feel good as just a, you know, a weekend warrior watching a world-class guy. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the shot that uh, Kevin Na put out, but uh, there was the two of them on a private plane flying home holding up fingers because now Kevin Na holds the record for the highest score on a par four, which was 16, I believe. And now Siwoo has the highest ever on PGA Tour history on a par three. We got to get John Daly in here. Doesn't he have the record number six at Bay Hill for a par five? I think so. We got, we'll get them all on the same plane together. All right, Bob, that's it for me. The tea is yours, sir. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Look, it went further than your ball. All right, guys, we were talking about all the amateur championships that are going on. There's some in the States that are happening as well. And the women's, U.S. women's amateur just wrapped up. And it was won by a woman by the name of Jen Castle, who is a uh, college student, obviously. And, um, but you, you have to know it is your week to win when you go through what she did to get to the final. First of all, the way this works is, of course, they have a, a medal play portion to qualify for the match play. She survived a 12-player for two-spot playoff came in to the match play, seated 63. Uh, she was also playing, she had not played competitive golf for a month because she had a stress fracture in her rib. And she went on to win three matches, including the final, where she was at least two down at some point during the match. 
she didn't even she had she had so low expectations she didn't even pack enough outfits she had to go out and buy new clothes because she didn't have enough clothes to last for the week and her hotel reservation actually ran out she was she was going to leave and go home early she figured so she said oh I'll only book till Friday and she had to extend her stay for a couple more days and she ended up winning uh in the final so congratulations to someone who is absolutely surprised more than anybody else I think that she actually won the U.S. Amateur Championship. I, I don't know, Mark. When it's when it's your week, it's your week, right? Yeah, that's amazing, though. Like just the, to, never mind physically staying in it. Your mind, like to keep that kind of say, like I just everything that gets thrown at you to stay in it mentally. Good on. That's incredible. <laughs> that's a good run. Uh, my weird this week is uh, something that happened on Tinder, and uh, not that I'm on Tinder, <laughs> but it was reported <laughs> that uh, <laughs> at least not right now. Uh, and uh, it's uh, you know that you know that Adam Hadwin, of course, found his wife on Tinder. Yes, she's but, awesome. Uh, by the way, I love following and, her, Bob. She's great. Jessica is yep. a wonderful, wonderful yep. lady. Anyway, uh, there was a player who was who qualified for the LPGA Tour. Still works in golf right now. Her name is Anya Alvarez, and she was on Tinder. And she, she has a picture. One of her pictures on Tinder is her uh, hitting a golf ball. So some guy named Todd decided to reach out and give her a little bit of advice and said, hey, you know, if you put your hands a little bit closer to your body, uh, you could probably get a little more distance if you'll unflatten that swing a little bit. And she wrote back and said, yeah, well, thanks for the tip. But, you know, I played on the LPGA Tour and uh, I probably don't need any help. So needless to say, that was not a connection. There was no date that came after Hold that. Hold on, though. I just, yeah. in, in Todd's defense, in Todd's defense, he won the sea flight. In, in his men's league Wednesday night. So just in his defense, okay? Uh, I'd go to Adam for some advice on this because he's probably got more experience on these kind of things than I do, but I don't know. No Adam, comment. you ever give uh, golf advice on a dating app? Adam, you ever give golf advice on a dating app? Have I given or taken advice? Given uh, on a dating app. Again, no comment. No comment. <laughs> okay. Right, and uh, my what this week is... What about the fact that this week we have championship golf back in Canada? PGA Tour champions, the Shaw Charity Classic is being held in Calgary. Mike Weir, Stephen Ames will be there. And I think it's fantastic to see that we finally got enough points now where we can get everyone across the border. It does raise the question as to perhaps we cancel the uh, CP Women's Open a little bit early maybe? I don't know, Golf Canada. You might have to answer a few questions about that one. But I'm glad to see it's limited. There's 2,000 fans a day. Uh, but it's nice to see that we're going to have some championship golf back. Right, Mark? Well, I'm with you 1,000%. And L.A. LA usually listens every week. So L.A. <laughs> knows that I, the first thing out of my mouth months ago when it canceled was, too early, don't do it. But, you know, <laughs> listen, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes and all the moving parts and stuff. I just want it to happen because we're Canadian golf fans and we want our championships. So from that perspective, yeah. And listen, that, don't get me started on any of this because I'm just <laughs> thrilled that there's golf back. I mean, if it's up to me, we'd, we'd be doing everything right now. So uh, uh, good on Shaw and, the, mm -hmm. and having the champions to her back. And good luck to, uh, to our senior players who have a chance to seem to win every week now between Ames and Weir. They're playing so well. And great to see. It'd be great to get a win on Canadian soil. Okay, on the other side, we're going to put a bow on today's show, get you caught up on some of our TV schedules. As if you like listening to us, the only thing better than listening to Golf Talk Canada is watching us talk. I know, I know that Mrs. Golf Talk Canada 
It's appointment TV for Mrs. Golf Talk Canada because she loves listening to her husband constantly talk, but she really enjoys watching it. And she can do it every Monday after our playoff events. We're going to jump into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. <laughs> this segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's get you caught up on leaderboards, leaderboard updates. Brought to you by Bushnell Golf, bushnellgolf.com, the number one range finder in all of golf. Joshua Creel gets it done on the Corn Ferry Tour. He gets the win at the Utah Championship. Congratulations to Joshua. Hero Open, that was the opposite field event at on the European Tour, opposite field, obviously, of the WGC, and it is Grant Forrest of Scotland who gets it done over James Morrison by one shot at 24 under par on the European Tour. Speaking of opposite field events, the Barracuda Championship. Eric Van Royen is a winner for the first time ever on the PGA Tour. Roger Slow with a nice finish in that one to move up the FedEx Cup points list. And Abraham Manser, finally a winner on the PGA Tour, wins in a three-man playoff over Sam Burns, Hideki Matsuyama, all at 16 under par. He wins the WGC FedEx. Harris English was looking for his third win of the year. He finishes one shot off the pace. And Bryson DeChambeau, who was also looking for win three on the year, just implodes again on a Sunday with the 74. I just enjoy saying that. Okay, Adam, we only got about four and a half minutes left. A big TV schedule. Not only our weekly t uh, Golf Talk Canada TV program each week, but also now Mondays, starting with the FedEx Cup every Monday. Yeah, starting with the FedEx Cup, so we'll recap each event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. So our first radio on TV show, we're back again in two weeks where we'll recap the Northern Trust and then we'll recap the following two FedEx Cup events as well. As for our TV schedule, you can find us on TSN 4 and 5 this Wednesday at 1 p.m. But let's say you're out and about, you happen to miss that time. We're on again on TSN 2 at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Maybe you're just out and about all day and you want to see us in prime time, check us out, TSN2, 11 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. What's on the golf calendar for you gentlemen personally this week? Are you playing any golf? Is there, is there golf on the horizon for Adam and Bob this week? I got my uh, regular nine-hole match uh, with my dad. Usually Monday nights we've shifted it to Tuesday. I'm going to go out and watch some of that uh, tennis. Tennis is in town here. Oh, and nice. so I'm going to go see that tonight. But uh, yeah, are I got, they up I at York University, can... Bob? Is that where they're yeah, playing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go tomorrow night and see if I can hold off my dad. Uh, he's getting. He's he's got his new tailor-made clubs. You know, he's uh, he's bombing it. He really is. <laughs> Angry <laughs> Mike's fun, out fun there to too. Angry Mike's out there too, waving away at the. He's actually hitting it pretty good. Uh, he's got the all the Sim Two Max stuff, and mm -hmm. off he goes. And of course, his custom Green Bay Packers spider, my spider in Green Bay Packers colors, of course. 
course. <laughs> what about you, Skull? I saw you finishing in the dark the other night. Are you going to get out for daytime golf? Uh, listen, you're a great player. <laughs> I don't give you any advice unless you ask for advice. But I will right. give you this tip. I have found the game easier in the day time just... you know what you're right about that yeah definitely easier during the day i played three times over the weekend which is a high for me all summer so great uh, about that so i'll be playing later this weekend that won't get out during the week uh, you mentioned uh tailor made and fitting though tailor made thanks to dean and nick and everyone at tailor made for helping my parents both get fit my dad has nice. new p770 irons on the way as as well a new flat stick my mom a new nine wood and a new flat stick as well. So uh, Mama Skulls and uh, Ricardo, they, they've got some tailor-made gear on their way. And I Mark, so have you, you touched the club in two weeks? No, I play nine holes in two weeks. Perfect. Yeah, nine holes. Okay. So I'm going to try to play this afternoon and try to get my golf game in check. I was playing really well when I shut it down for the Olympics. I don't think it's going to be there. Like, I'm not good like that. I need I need to hit balls and key because, you know, I got a homemade golf swing. It's all timing and stuff like mm. that. So I, I'm curious to see where where it picks up. I don't think it'll pick up where we left it. Let's just put it that way. And I know I, we only got about a minute left, gentlemen, but I want to – did you guys see your boy, Harry Higgs? I know you guys love Harry Higgs. He's playing <laughs> yeah. the P770s. He put the 770s, and he's like, I don't need these blades. He's like, the, the object of the game is to, is to hit it really good and shoot low, right? So I'll take as much help as I got. So I can get, so he put the, he put the P770s in a bag and he loves them. He said, I'll leave the blades for the Rory's and the Dustin's of the world. He's <laughs> like that. So Harry Higgs with a set of P770s in the bag. Gotta love Harry. Guys, have an awesome week, uh, both of you gentlemen. Bob, I'll see you uh, for TV. That's the other thing, guys. When are we getting back in the studio for TV altogether? Now that COVID, we're coming out. We gotta, we have to have that conversation as well. I miss Bob soon. to my left. He's gonna. If, if we keep this up, his hearing's gonna come back. This is no good. <laughs> we don't want. To. <laughs> guys, you have an awesome week. I'm so happy to be back. Thanks again for uh, carrying the the football for the last two weeks. It uh, makes so, life so much easier to not have to worry about stuff because you guys are the absolute best. And I look forward to doing TV this week with both you guys. Have a wonderful week, everyone. If you're playing golf, enjoy it. Keep it in the fairway. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you so much for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.